since our last podcast there, Aaron. But in saying that, we have got a bit of a, uh, uh, let's call it a lifer episode uh, lined up for number nine. <laughs> what's, been, uh, what's been happening in the world of, uh, I suppose, trail running, climbing, anything else? I mean, Melbourne's out of lockdown now. Uh, don't talk to me about COVID. Oh, geez, is this thing ever going to stop? <laughs> yeah, it does feel like that a bit. But, uh, oh, look, it's great to see events starting to happen. Uh, Gear starting to arrive again from overseas. We've got lots of Lusperteva coming into the country, which is exciting, which is also means for our athletes getting um, new gear. And it's been new nice, toys. To, send out, yep. nice yep. to send out some um, new gear to our new climbers on the team. So uh, that's always exciting when a box of equipment arrives from Lusperteva. So uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll love that. Um, yep. We're in the final few days to uh, nominate for the Lusperteva local legend for February. That so, is true. That is true. We're getting, a, we're getting a few come in, haven't we? You know, a bunch of uh, rock climber folk and um, I think some running Yeah, and I can tell well. you, I don't know if it's because the Victorian won the uh, the first one, but lots of great nominations from Victoria. So, you know, oh, you're in don't, South Australia or anywhere else. Uh, don't get too cocky there, Victoria. You know, that's, you know got you in a lot of trouble. I'm not biased, year. but uh, there's... <laughs> Lots of good nominations coming in, so it's great yeah. to see. So, uh, yeah, get them in before the end of February, and we'll announce that early March next podcast. Excellent. Cool. And, and also, um, another, a bit of a co-sponsor of the podcast was Scratch. We've got uh, a couple of athletes joining the team on Scratch. Um, Sam Burridge and Alice McNamara are runners, and you saw Alice before. Hopefully we get Sam on the show later in the year. Um, a, a fast lad from Canberra. Tax yep. uh, tax man. So obviously he's uh, he's a bit of a quicken. He joined There's the last. Yeah, he joined the last Bativa team. Um, was it last year? We obviously. Well, no, not, yeah, end of two thousand nineteen. That's we, right. Yeah, but 2019, uh, 2020, we didn't see too many events. Yeah, that's it. So. And then on the climbing, we've got Andrew Hard joining uh, the, the scratch team, and also Jake Bresahan. And without further ado. Let's let him in to the old podcast. What up? What's going on here? Here we go. I'll let him into the. Let him back in. Oh, oh, drum roll. Here we go. Welcome, Jakey B, to the uh, High Friction Max Traction podcast. Welcome. Well, thank you, Matthew and Aaron. Uh, not a problem. <laughs> that is one thing. I have got some feedback from our many listeners out there, Aaron. Um, Oh. If, if they're if they're listening, they don't know they can't recognise our voices. I thought we were quite distinctive. So I'm Matthew, and I'm Aaron, <laughs> and, and and Jakey B is the third voice on the podcast. So just the, if you're not watching it, just the, there we go. Welcome, Jakey B. How's it been up there in the Blue Hills? Uh, the weather hasn't been the best this week, has it? Ah, uh, no, a few storms today, a few internet outages. So, oh, um, geez, well, yeah. Bless- um, Glad Everyone's it. complaining that it's raining, but whatever. Oh. It's raining, it's raining. Last year, you guys were complaining about the 
the place burning down. What, come uh, on, what's going yeah. on? Yeah, like, so, they're never, they're never satisfied. And we don't have a, a Ben in the, the corner there. Uh, is that internet issues or is he, is he out splashing in puddles? I think he's lifting those little weights or something. It's got all these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for all you guys that don't know, um, Ben Cossey, follow him on Instagram. You, It's quite quirky what he's yeah. what he's doing there in the old uh, in the old uh, training when the weather is hitting. And you look like a few additions to your office there. Yep. Over your shoulder there. Caitlin. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was referring yeah. to uh, oh, the board. wall there. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll get into all that in a second because we um, obviously this is where you you know you do your uh, your training, Jakey B, in the old uh, in in the systems board during lockdown, um, and we got a little bit of a, a teaser to, to show the viewers. Uh, I suppose how you, how you managed last year in, in lockdown. Even though I know the Blue Mountains, you're you're quite lucky, weren't you? In a sense, you could go out and climb and do things on a regular basis. It just wasn't. I think you're in Tasmania when everyone up there had to wear masks and they're all a bit freaked out. I remember uh, um, going into the in, into a coffee shop with old Dave Braley and he goes, "Do I have to wear a mask?" <laughs> so it was a bit weird. So yeah, excellent stuff. So Jakey Pete, let's take us back to the start. How did you get into this uh, game of rock climbing from 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 when you were a wee lad down there in uh, in Tasmania? Um. I was fortunate enough that we had a school gym and a few few friends that I did like an outdoor ed class with. They, they'd been climbing a bit. And then um, I was, yeah, just interested. And then I headed, headed over to the local gym with them for a few, a few sessions. And then um, uh, dad bought home a harness from a friend of a friend and then Oh, geez, you're lucky to be alive then, aren't you? <laughs> um, yeah, then I just had a, had a, I just met a few good people and then they showed me the ropes and then the, the rest is history. Um, oh, there you go. I, know, I met you in, when did that, because I met you in 2003, I think, for the first time at, at North Narrow Pub, I think. It was a whole crew of you guys down there and you were like keen beans and all I remember was they going, oh my God, these guys got um, so much energy. But what, what year was it? Uh, well, you said 2003, yeah? Oh, that's right. Now I met you, yeah. Uh, when did I start climbing? Yeah, when did you start climbing? Um, I think it was 98. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you hook, uh, hook one, sink it straight in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and then I just kind of like each weekend I was just got a friend, his name was Alex Wilson, and his dad would just every weekend would like tick off the, the guidebook essentially going to new crags. Okay. Not necessarily like tick off sectors <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah we just go like explore and then he was really friendly with um bob mcmahon who's a oh, yeah. famous yeah, Tessica, uh, yeah. Tra traditional climb from ben Lomond. Yeah. and so yeah we kind of always hooked up with those guys and then um started with a lot of trad climbing and then i kind of some would say got into the wrong crowd and got into the sport <laughs> climbing. Oh, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot um, of us have followed that pathway there, Jake. That's yeah. that's fine. Yeah. And um, yeah. there's worse wrong crowds than the sport climbing crowd. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> um, not. Yeah, at first I felt like I was going to the dark side, but um, especially coming from Tasmania. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, is that stronger that that divide in Tassie than elsewhere, or is it uh, not really? Is it just Back in the day, it was like it was trad climbing. That was it. And then 
there's people like Sam Edwards and Gary Phillips and Grant Rowbottom who took it in the kind of sport climbing path. And then, yeah, it's now, I would say, like a lot of the, the old folk are still hanging on to the history, but it's well and truly gone. Yeah. <laughs> but, but in saying that, sport climbing down there in Tassie is still pretty adventurous. It's not like rocking up at the Centennial Glen and you've got a whole bunch of nice routes to do. It's, you know, going, walking out of the Star Factory, what's that, 45-minute yeah. slug? in and it's yeah, it's a brilliant place but yeah no i think that's the beauty of tassie isn't it you've got that it's sport it's it's clipping bolts but my god it's it's still it's airy and yeah. it's out there it's not just like yeah and every no, time i go home i'm just reminded of how epic it is and yeah yeah but it's saying that i think that there's the some of the sport climbing is really good in tassie but the traditional climbing is still world class yeah for like sure and, and even like i mean you've got the organ pipes you know literally hop, skip and a jump from Hobart. And I remember climbing up there with yourself and, oh man, it's airy, it's so good. Yeah, like it's fantastic climbing up there, isn't it? It is good. Yeah, so oh, there we go. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, Tasmania is where you grew up and you, and and then, and that's where you sort of like, you, you found your craft. Um, and, and no doubt you were probably a pretty solid climber uh, from learning the craft there in Tassie, the placing the old uh, bits and pieces in the rock. Uh, and then I suppose you got the, the the sense of like okay let's let's head north into the the mainland uh, we call it Australia, um, and and that's what when did you when did you make that yeah I mean you went to the Gramps I guess first up you read it in magazines the old Rock magazine back in the day or was it Climb magazine the old Mike Myers publication that did that, is that was it Climb yeah. that was one of my first magazines uh, it was actually the Climb and. I I think Yuji Hirayama might have been in it. Oh, yeah, the, when, when you did the um, South Bay, wasn't it? Correct. Let's yeah, talk. cool. Um, yeah, first trip is um, when I was younger, I had my motorbike license. So on the L's, you can ride around. But as yep. soon as I got my the first day that I was eligible to have my P's, I had a van and I was on that day. Um, I was on the Spirit of Tasmania to the Grampians for, uh, I, I think I went for a few months and I met Nathan there, um, which was pretty cool. Oh, so, cool. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was really cool. And um, yeah, after that, then you talked about the Nara trip in 2003. Um, Chris um, Webb at the time, yeah, yeah. he actually yeah. Um, picked me up from the Canberra airport and uh, we drove in his little Datsun up there and I was just camped in the bird. The, Animal park for a month by myself. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah oh, no, I remember you guys were just frothing and I'm there going, oh my <laughs> Lord, <laughs> give me a break, man. <laughs> I can't talk about climbing anymore. <laughs> you know, so, so, yeah. no, it was really good. You guys were super keen, young, and just like, you know, loving life at the time. And oh, you still are, yeah. which, which is fantastic. So you came up to New South Wales, uh, Victoria, you saw the mainland, had what that had to offer. And then I, I guess, you, you know, you, you, you live between, obviously you lived in Tasmania um, and then you, you, you slowly progressed and, and now settled up in the Blue Mountains. But before all that happened, you, you, you zipped off to Europe for a while, didn't you? And discovered that there's this other thing called limestone in this place called Innsbruck, which was yeah. the mecca of, of climbing. Yeah, I did two trips to Europe, but I think um, what kind of spurred that on was that I met a, a guy from Innsbruck in the Grampians that came out for a month. His name was Rupi. And oh, the, um, he's, he was the coach, wasn't he? Is he yeah. with the national coach? Yeah. yeah, so he coached people like David Lama um, and Anna. 
store. Oh, yeah, so, that's right, yep. Um, first trip to Europe, I was there for seven months and in Innsbruck for about a month. Then I came home, worked for a year and a half, I think. And then I moved to Innsbruck, like to live. And I stayed there for probably four and a half months doing some of the World Cups. And I lived with um, Cody Roth. Oh, a, yeah. Well, Fortuva athlete. Yeah, he's a bit of a character. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, like then climbed a bit with people like Gerhard Herhager, who yep. um, is, I mean, he's a famous. Uh, he's oh, well, he's come down here a few times, hasn't he, old Gerhard? Is yeah, he, he's part of his Australian. And a whistling kite, I think. I did, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think he did. Did he Did he flash Dungeon Master or get an early uh, ascent of it? Would have. Would have. Oh, yeah, okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think, isn't Gerhard, isn't his partner Australian? Is that why he comes down here? No, I think he just has a – he just loves it. Like oh, okay, cool. Um, he came down a long, long time ago in the early days and he just – yeah. You know, it's so, Australia is so different from Europe. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Since, so. And you've, you've done the same. You've returned to Innsbruck a few times since those things just because yeah. you love the place? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, for, the, for those guys that don't know, Innsbruck is, is the mecca of everything, isn't it? Like it's winter, it's skiing and – yeah. Awesome trail running, awesome cycling, awesome climbing. And you can be a sports climber, mountaineer, ice climber, the whole yeah, you know, it's 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 the adventure playground of the world almost. Yeah, and it's pretty good and it just keeps like it's getting busier and an hour here, an hour there. You've got so many options or two. Yeah, it, um it's so centrally located. Like you you know, even even if you're into different styles of climbing, you know, Frankenjura is only a couple of hours away if you like that short bouldery sort of stuff. And then you're down in Arco in a couple of hours as well. So, you, you know, Italy, Germany, or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, forever yeah. passing through it when you travel. And I had it just uh, three or four days, uh, uh, yeah, 2019. Because uh, you just got tired of, like, catching the train from Munich through to uh, Bolzano without stopping in Innsbruck, really. I was like, that's it. I'm having some time in Innsbruck. Yeah, it's so good. Good no, nah, it's a good party town as well. Now, did you did you did you compete in the in the uh, in the Innsbruck competitions there? Or I know the, uh, some of the bolder ones. I saw one in the summer. So yeah, um, we were just like I used to go and help. They do a gym reset. At the, it was the Tivoli when I was there. That's before the new gym. Yeah, um, and I was in the summer, so there's no real comps. We were just training, and I had like a we had like a little crew. So it was like Anna and. The, other friends max and tom and um yeah and then yeah, so i didn't do any comps there like i soon realized they're really hard and i was <laughs> yeah. yeah well anna's anna's fella uh killian he was a bit of a, a gun I, i'd imagine when you were back there winning all the world cups so <laughs> yeah no he, he was good I, I spent a a good few weeks with those guys in 2019 actually which yeah. is cool um hung out with Killian a bit and I was pretty motivated to go climbing, but all Killian wanted to do was go um, blueberry and mushroom hunting. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was that the se secret to success? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, the, and the other thing, besides going to, obviously, we're talking sport climbing mainly at, 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 when we're talking about Europe and Innsbruck. I mean, there was this period of time when you, when you, when you went to Patagonia and all right, <laughs> All right, Jake. What, what, what's uh, what's going on here, Jake? Um, if you see in the background, that's a portal edge. So um, Lee, I went with Lee Cossey, 
Um, and at this point in time, I think we've been sleeping in this portal ledge for about nine or 10 days. So we, were, we weren't moving any, we were just like stuck on the side of the wall, 900 <laughs> meters up. And that is um, my bodily fluids. All oh, right. <laughs> As we always know, it's your, it's, it's, uh, you can't be uh, dispersing this outside, can we? Well, <laughs> it, it was, yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. Um, what, definitely a trip, a trip which was like I look back on now and I'm so glad that I did it. Um, if someone said, oh, do you want to go to Patagonia tomorrow? Uh, <laughs> I probably would, but I wouldn't go to that area. And I'd try something different, but I don't know if I actually would go because yeah, it was um, extremely rewarding, but also we were pretty naive in what we did. So it's good to come home. Really, at the end yeah, of the I, okay. I heard wow. some of the stories. You know, you came out, you had a bit of frostbite, and I think Lee got a little bit of frostbite and and was a bit worried about that. And then, um, and 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 you know, I think did you get you? Did it like a slideshow slideshow tour, didn't you? As well, when you came back, I remember. Did. I'm not very good at speaking. Or... Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I do recall. You do all right today. <laughs> yeah. Do you recall something about you climbing the last last pitch, and it was just iced up, and all your gear was wet, and and it was a bit of a harrowing experience. <laughs> the way yeah. Lee talked it up, be like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, he's a bit he's a bit special, um, <laughs> but um. Yeah, I think like basically we were stuck. We knew the weather was, or it had to get good. We were on rations and um, we ended up doing like the weather came good. We had to wait for the snow to melt a bit. And then on the summit push, I think we were on the go for like 36 or 38 hours. And, um, Just going, yeah. We had to, get, we wanted to get off. We were like, so we summited and then abseiled with all our gear and uh, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. what an epic. Uh, so, and, and I'll flick some, you see some shots there of, of the ascent. It's pretty cool. Uh, Riders on the Storm is the one. And the first time was it Wolfgang and, um, that escapes me, Kurt Albert did that, didn't they? Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, is that the reason you wanted to do it? Because of the, 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 you know, the heritage, the, the history? Yeah, absolutely. It? Absolutely. Yeah. And then it was talked about that it hadn't been freed. So, Tasmanian and the guy from Blackheath, like, yeah, we know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. But we did... realise that it's pretty hard to find um, when the weather's not in your favour. And, and that... yeah, you get some pretty ordinary weather in Tassie, but not quite uh, Patagonia. No, and that, that tower's further south, isn't it? So it's sort of even more exposed, yeah. Like where the standard, um, is it Serratore and Fitzroy and all that, they're, they're a bit, it's a bit to the north, so the weather's not as bad. Yeah. So there, there's a, where you guys were. I think if I'm correct, I have to double check, but there's an island off Tassie, which is Matt Psycho Island. Um, it's down south, and then it's basically level with that. All right. So, yeah, you almost, you can smell the penguin poo almost coming off the Antarctica. Yeah. So uh, is that your <laughs> reference for like, uh, you know, when things on another climb, another multi-day thing get, get a bit ordinary is that your reference point yeah I, and i think like i did a lot of training for patagonia by myself in tassie like just going out and that's aiding and self-feeling and stuff and always remember looking at the weather forecast and they'd like try and pick the windiest days that i could and go out and <laughs> basically if you go to patagonia 
wind has to be your friend so you just have to be content and be like oh cool it's windy like bring it on and that that attitude definitely helped because you know we had poles in our tent snapping we couldn't get to the cliff and um it's like a freight train is basically just hitting you uh, but you kind of have to enjoy it somehow yeah and i know lee even mentioned some of your gear snap just because of the temperatures and the, and the yeah. extreme you know like some slings just like obviously oh. yeah just went through obviously they got some damage or something like that and he said he just recalls you know, like, you know bits and pieces yeah you left them there came back and they'd all been you know obliterated so man that's yeah, full yeah. on isn't it's it carried under and I, yeah. just talking about patagonia just recently this guy sean villanova i think he did this traverse and the Serratore group which uh, is absolutely phenomenal what he did like, yeah there's some i think when i saw um tommy and alex when they did their traverse you know that on real rock that was like I mean, that blew me away <laughs> you could still see alex is pretty a gumby when it came to crampons obviously they probably handed up a bit for the cameras but i'm I'm pretty sure they just look at that and go, that's pretty impressive what those guys did as well. Yeah. You know, like it looked like, yeah, on the edge, you know, if it went a bit wrong, they, they weren't coming back, which is, uh, you know, hats off to those guys. So you, you, for that trip, you were still living in Tassie. So when did you move to Blackie? Um, up to I, the mountains? I moved, I think in around 2005, I actually moved to um, Mid Mountains. Um, Was that called Sydney? Well, it's Springwood. <laughs> Oh, and I moved in with um, Chris Wed yep. at the time and Tegan. Um, so I was there. Yeah, I might have been there for six months a year. And then I was working at a cafe and then I kind of like, oh, I wasn't saving enough money. So I moved back home to train before I went back to Europe. And then uh, a long story short, I think in 2010, we moved to Sydney for work and then 2015 moved to Blackheath and that's where we were. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's about when we met. So there you go. I just presumed you'd been there for a long time. Uh, so, yeah. No, he's always around, Jakey B. And, <laughs> and, and for, the, for the listeners and the viewers out there that don't know you that well, I mean, you had a bit of time out of climbing for a bit, didn't you, as well? Like, I mean, you always had your, your, your dabbling in climbing because you love it so much, but yeah. You did a bit of skydiving, and 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 that took you took you to those uh, you know jumping out of helicopters and planes. Yeah. That was and and it was it just something you really wanted to do, or is it uh, just the like, skydiving? Oh, yeah. yeah, I've had a few good injuries. Um, did some whitewater kayaking for a bit as well. Um, but the skydiving, you're, you're a classic, you know, Jean Bat. What's no? What's his name? Jean Bintrin True. He was a Olympic paddler as well. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so um, for those that are in the like kind of Blue Mountains community, you remember Toby Benham or Lucky yeah. Chance? Yeah. So we used to climb a lot together, and he rec he once said to me that if you have to do anything in the world or life, you have to experience wingsuiting. And so that kind of stuck with me a lot. And then I was in the city, and I I wasn't really getting much out of climbing because I was working a lot, and then. So I decided to pull the trigger and take up skydiving for the purpose of wingsuiting to experience it. And um, yeah, I think I did it for like three years and maybe 150 wingsuit jumps. So oh, cool. like about, yeah, 350 skydives. And yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was so awesome. 
and and you and you always have a plane or a helicopter like a you you didn't you didn't take up the base jumping. No, I did a handful of helicopter jumps, no cliff jumps or no base jumps. I yeah. kind of I have a bit of an addictive personality, and I mean skydiving is pretty selfish in its own right. I mean, I, once I had enough of the wingsuiting, I just pulled the plug and just, had a few friends who no longer with us from the skydiving and yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Caitlin and Fig are pretty cool. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is it's a funny, it's a, yeah, it's a tragic story, isn't it, with with a lot of the base jumpers and, and skydivers, you know, um unfortunately a mistake in that game and there's no real coming back from it. Um, but yeah that, that was I wouldn't like um if anyone's interested in in it, I'd highly recommend doing it. Um and I'm glad I yeah. Yeah, no, it looks like fun. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, that's cool. I didn't realize you'd like, I'd seen photos of you wingsuiting and I knew you'd done it, but not that many. Because, yeah, yeah like, a lot of people just do the old uh, tandem parachute for a yeah. birthday present or something. And, and then a box uh, party you know, you, or something like that. Yeah, yeah 350 <laughs> jumps is yeah. that's, that's solid. And um, then plus wingsuiting. Whoa, yeah. And it was pretty cool, like wingsuit jumps around the country and then they'd get people from Europe to come in and you're doing like a 10 way wingsuit smoke jumps so it was cool. oh, so you were involved in all that like big yeah, jumps cool. oh cool excellent but um not as cool as sending a hard route oh yeah exactly <laughs> yeah no, that, yeah well I've, I've done neither of those but i was hooked up there was a song a few years ago and the, it had nothing really to do with it but the film clip was this guy like just doing insane wingsuiting yeah. and then i was just hooked on watching like the youtube clips of it with you know where they're just coming down ski runs and you know they're flying towards flares and stuff and i was just thinking that that's that's pretty extreme like it's full on but it, but at the same there's that little bit in you that like oh i want to do that yeah. <laughs> so but i haven't that's the difference yeah yeah and, and then you, you um yeah obviously you when you when you moved up there in the hills and you mentioned your lovely partner like caitlin who we all know um and and you you, you you did a bit of running together, didn't you, at one stage there as well? Yeah. And obviously, Caitlin is a fantastic runner, still in the game. Uh, now, I think Aaron's been helping her out there, I believe. Is this correct, Aaron? Oh, yeah, I did coach Caitlin for a few UTAs. She's, um, yeah, she's a great runner. When if she ever gets one totally right, she'll, um, she was fifth, fifth last year. And um, yeah, she was, oh, no, 2019. So, yeah. Oh, that's but uh, but that's I actually met Jake running. Uh, yeah, I knew he was a climber. I knew him by reputation. And, um, yeah, like in Hounslow, uh, the first year of Hounslow, this guy comes past me at warp speed down through the Grand Canyon, chatting away, telling me where to look out for and what to do. And I remember thinking, man, these, like, climbers can, can run. Like, yeah, like Jake's, a, he was pinning it. And um, and then I caught him, like, along the sort of flat before the climb. He's like, oh, it's your turn now. Go for it. <laughs> but uh, it was impressive. And then... Yeah, I think we just kind of like kept crossing paths, obviously through the last last Pacific connection. Um, yeah, yeah, down in Buffalo and done mm. a bit of running. So yeah, it's been cool. It's been a nice sort of swap over. Or Lee did Buffalo as well. So it's been nice and, for the the two teams like that. And and Jake, but UTA was it UTA then, or was it called the North Face back then? Um, I think it might have been UTA. Was it the first year of UTA? Yeah. UTA, yeah. Um, what was it? Fifth? Was that fifth in the fifty? Is that is that right? I think it was something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Not bad for Rocky. That was, that was before I uh, got hard. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and, and thank you, Jake. You managed to help me manage to uh, train for that event as well. So I, I appreciate the efforts we used to go out there and used to. Oh, man. Yeah, I, was, definitely I was... enjoyed the time of the running. Um, yeah, but it's hard to do both, like hard to climb and run. And, yeah. And and I, I'm, either, I'm either in one or the other. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And I know from your personality, you, you don't do things by halves. You said, like, yeah, yeah. 100% in, and you, and, you, and you do it, or you, or you, or you don't. Like, like for example, uh, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. not, it's not, you have a coffee at Jake's, it's like, it's coffee. coffee. It's the and good stuff. <laughs> which coffee blend are we drinking today there, Jake? Uh, it's probably some nice Ethiopian from Sample Coffee. Sample Coffee? Very <laughs> good, no. Now, I mentioned, I mentioned one love of your life. Now, just bear with me while I bring up the second love of your life. Big dog. <laughs> what is Biggie up to here? That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how, tell us about Figgy. Yeah, Jake. Um, she's five actually now. Is she? Wow. Yeah. Not uh, the most, not the smartest dog, but you know you win from the lose. I do recall there was a magic mushroom incident out the back when she was licking some black slime off the porch or something, wasn't it? In an old house you lived in, and she was pretty yeah. sick at one time. And has the ability to drain the bank account when you uh, go to the vet. <laughs> I think that's pretty common. <laughs> she she was yeah. wearing the cone of um, what's shame. it called? Cone of shame. I do. I do remember that. Yeah. So. That's on high rotation around here. <laughs> oh, with, with all the yeah, camera. Okay, right. Yeah. Every time I seem to go up the mountains, so a, a pet is wearing the cone of shame that, that we know. So yeah, it's pretty cool. So obviously, you've got a great little uh, community and a great little life up there in the Blueys, um, which which is which is cool. And uh, and, and it's a, and I think we've touched on this before with with Andrea and and when Ben's internet's working. Uh, um, <laughs> Yeah, like you guys, are, it is, it is, it's, yeah, it's blessed for climbers, isn't it, in the, in the Blue Mountains? And, and yeah, maybe not so much track climbing, but there is a bit around. And, and I mean, the beauty is you, you, you can travel down the south coast in winter and do a bit of track climbing and at the point or, you know, sport climbing at Narrow, and then, then you can go down to the Grampians um, when, when, in a wraps when you can. So I think, um, uh, Blue Mountains is, is, is a stellar place to be based. And, and is that, Sort of the reason that you ended up there, just because of that community, and um, I think the like, yeah, everyone gravitates here, but the ease to go climbing or to work and be able to climb. So you, I work full time, but I can still climb or fit that in yep. with my life, yeah. and I think that is the main thing. And lots of friends here, and then um, yeah, from running or just being kind of like outside a lot more, which I think is nice. Um, yeah, it, it's good. It has some bad points as well, I think, which, um, you know, you're in this little bubble. Everyone's, like, pretty elite and you feel guilty if you have, you know, beers during the week. Everyone's, like, super focused. <laughs> you know, like everyone's super focused. So if, if you're not, like, switched on and into it, it can be, yeah, yeah just a bit frustrating for me. Something. Yeah. But, all yeah. in all, like everyone is super helpful. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good. But being able to have that. Thumbs are a bit bleh, but yeah, that's all right. But yeah. that work work climb balance is, um, you know, 
possible. So it's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah work life still there, so that's good. There, Aaron, work life balance, climbing is. Well, is there, is <laughs> I think if you yeah, maybe it's uh, climb life then work. <laughs> so. uh, climb now, work later. Um, <laughs> Well, no, it's not on my cup, but I thought it was, but yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, I have got JKB's tick list here of the last few years. Um, so you, you, you're not a bad rock climber there, JKB. Um, you, you managed a couple of 34s, 8C plus in, in, in the grand scheme of things. And um, yeah, I mean, so obviously is now on, on paper is... Um, is the is the white ladder the hardest thing extension ladder you've hardest thing you've climbed? Uh no, the, the cave probably is. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about the old um, wheel of life. Yeah, so obviously that's given what V fifteen, isn't it, or V sixteen, uh, or whatever. It's, yeah, it'd be more yeah. of a route. It's probably yeah. If that was like on a route where you had to clip bolts and get a belay, it'd be probably thirty-five, I think. Oh, like a nine A nine A grade. Yep. But because you can, the way you can work it or could work it, um, just makes it, you can, the fine tuningness and stuff and the ease kind of, but if that was actually on a rope, it would be pretty hard. It'd be, yeah, it'd be missing. Like, yeah, because it, it just feel harder. Yeah. So, oh, I think that the, the beauty of bouldering is you can step on, step off, step on, step off. You can really, really, um, let's say, rehearse the moves, can't you, really well. Whereas on a rope, you know, you, you're out from a bowl, you fall off, you gotta oh, you gotta jog back up and it's just just the mechanics of it all makes it a bit more sort of time consuming and, and uh what do you say? Tricky to do, I guess, isn't it? Um yeah, and then the, like the white ladder extension thing, I mean, maybe it's easier, I don't know. No, oh, you used to one of these cheeky knee bars, it's in a bit of controversial <laughs> in the press at the moment, I've heard. There's a couple of podcasts out there claiming needs to be done again. Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like some Tasmanians. <laughs> yeah, I mean the grades of all like a lot of the harder routes are all subjective. For some people, they're easier and stuff. I don't know. I'm just kind of into trying to do them all. Yeah, I mean, exactly, if you got, yeah. yeah, exactly. If you got Alex Megos fingers, they're all going to be easy, aren't they? Let's be, let's be honest. You know, like yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I notice he he uses that sort of theory of like how long it takes him to climb something. Of, you know, to help decide how hard it is or how to grade it. Yeah. Where he says, you know, something he's done in three days, but others has just been like months of like, so, you know, it's, um, yeah, so subjective, but uh, it goes with all, all kinds for all people, I guess. So, Jacoby, last year, you uh, you took a little bit of time off the rope and you went um, bouldering. And, and was that something... You know, you thought, oh, I haven't done much bouldering. I've done Wheel of Life, but it's really rude. Is it? Is it something that you just thought, oh, COVID lockdown? Let's toss out the rope and let's let's bring out the pad and let's try bouldering for a year. Or is it just one of the mix it up? No, it was like a definite decision, and I think I'll probably do a bit more this year. All going well. Um, yeah, I think just I need to. There's a few climbs I want to do which are a bit harder, and I think the Going back to those on a weekend basis, you know, I probably can get up them, but I kind of want to step back and I haven't done much like hard bouldering. Um, right. And so I think that's a really good good avenue to upskill quickly and get better because um, there's nothing better than the working the, yeah, a hard boulder um, from a 
from a training point of view as well. So. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so you see, um, you, you mainly train out, outside, if like in a, in a sense, like your bouldering outdoors helps your rock climbing rather than you. I mean, you're on the yeah. boards, you're on the woodies yeah. and things like that, but you just think that that. Yeah, yeah, but I just kind of like. It, it's a big hole in my climbing, the hard bouldering. Like, I haven't done much. And so it's like a great opportunity to just pick off, like, a big weakness, I think. And then hopefully that, once I can translate that back to the root climbing, will help me get over this plateau. Yeah, cool. And you're, you're naturally quite fit and you've got quite good endurance. And you say that would be one of your strengths. So you, when, you, when you say you, you're going bouldering and... And, you, and you're not very good at it. I mean, you, you're not bad at it. You know, you, you've ticked a few hardens out there, you know, some V12s and whatnot. Um, but you, you think just adding that, you know, just topping up the tank there on the, on the bouldering just gets your power level up and then you can you can come out and get relatively fit quite quickly and then then, then send rock roots. Is that is that is that your, what you've That's, experienced? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And I just, like, you know, if I can have some 13s and stuff under my belt, like that's a pretty that's some good power to take onto a hard route. What's on the cards then? Beats thirteens this year, Jackie B. Yeah, laying it down here on the podcast. Well, did I read something uh, that you uh, I was gonna say you you were hoping like if you once we're out of uh, we can travel, you're keen to head back to New Zealand and to Castle. Is that on you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be that's that's very, very high. Um, it's terms of boulders there, just do them, like all of them. <laughs> just everyone. Um, but, um, I'm very fortunate enough, I, I like I work remotely, so I think I can do a good stint over there, um, yeah. which would be cool. Um, well, I think you have to with this sure. quarantine stuff there, Jakey B, at the moment. <laughs> Don't talk to me about New Zealand. Oh, oh it's like going to Tassie, <laughs> extended trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's um, yeah we're going to get out of it when the old vaccines rock and roll. But uh, you won't have to do your twenty eight days of quarantine if you, if you decide to go to New Zealand for a two week boulder trip. So yeah, but uh, obviously this year, I mean last year you did you did some uh, some nice ones there, didn't you? Yeah, like I know I, I ran into it, Sissy. You did the old um, was it Silent Bob? Is that that one there? So you know, no, smashed... doing the classics. Nice, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. And and what what is your favourite bouldering area? Like, I mean, obviously, um, you're talking about Castle Hill being definitely a classic one. And you, mm. Have you got aspirations to go back to Fontainebleau? I would love to go back to Fontainebleau. Have you climbed much there? Um, <laughs> a few days on my first trip to Europe. Okay, cool. But um, yeah, Fontainebleau. Where else? Um, Switzerland. But then I, I don't know. I also like. The places like Bungonia, if you've got a it does if you've got a hard problem that keeps you occupied and it's motivated, it can be anywhere. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I know we spoke we spoke earlier in the week and you were sort of saying you you like the grand lines and, and you like the problems rather than you're not gonna be sitting in some skanky cave like getting dirty just because it's a big number. You know, you'd rather go out and chase the chase the yeah, you know, the, the the classics, so to speak, of, of the of the bouldering yeah i don't have time for that stuff oh what the uh, the little the, the, the one movers oh maybe i'm not strong enough for yeah i think that's the problem with a lot of people these one movers. So, yeah 
No, it's cool. Excellent. So obviously you spent time bouldering, and for those guys last year, and but you did a special ascent of a a pretty hard route in the Blue Mountains. Was it the first eight C in the Blueies? I believe is that right? Mechanical. It looks like news oh. to Jake. <laughs> oh, that one. Um, oh, it's, a, it was it's another AC. It's actually fast one originally. I think uh, grey area was done before it. Was it? Okay, right. I know they're pretty close. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. Very... No, it was good. good to sneak that one in before um, it got hot. All right. Well, let me just roll some footage here of you doing it. All right, Jakey B. So this is for people that don't know. It's mechanical animals. A toughen yeah, in the Blue Hills. Only about... The, this three moves, it's like V11, probably, boulder problem. And then um, maybe 30 to the top. But yeah, as I said, I, I wasn't um, too fit then. So I was pretty lucky to get to the things. <laughs> yeah, if you, hang, if you hang in and have a look at the footage, I mean, I, I can hear Max give you some uh, some good encouragement there. This is probably the hardest move on the link. That one there. Yeah. And what's that? What are you going to there? Is that a good hold or is it? Um, yeah, like a medium camp, slopey campus edge. Oh, uh, uh, nice. Yeah, and then, um, yeah. Not, now, not crazy to the top, but you're a bit power drained. Yeah, and, and now is that the foothold that you use on uh, Tribe? What uh, you got there in your right hand? No. Is it a bit yes, higher? Yes, it is actually, yes. It is, yeah. And I know that's the mono that you, that you use mm -hmm. there on your left hand. Yeah. So, and and uh, that thing you got in your right hand is always a bit spooky. I remember. Is that is that yeah the drive? Surprise you got up there, Matt. Well, yeah, it was. It's a bit high. I didn't do. I did the uh, the uh, the um, the variant into this one here. I fell here actually on okay. this move. I think that move there is where I. That's my high point. There they are. That was a great fight. Obviously, you can get to see this, and the elbows come out. Yeah. But is it rewarding, there, Jake? I know it is. Something like that. You've worked on it for a while. Um, you know, and just to, to push through and get it done. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And I think that's like you can go and try a hard route and um, you know feel like you're close or get close, but. You either do it or you don't, and I think those the times where you kind of got to go through the motions of not actually enjoying the process and then doing it are the reward. That's when it's rewarding. Yeah, yeah. It must feel good too, like to uh, to send that when you like you said you didn't feel like you're in top form, but you know just experience and you know on the day you're able to still pull it yeah, off. And I think you just got to like it's quite often you never feel in. Well, yeah, I'm never in form. Really, <laughs> but if just at the end of the day, you just got to go out and have a crack, and if you fail, like be okay with failing, it happens yeah. most of the time. And and do you find the older you get, and the more sort of experience you get, is is like you know, when when you go and try a red point, you know, you know you you you, you go at a hundred percent, you know, even if you're feeling, oh my god, I'm getting pumped, this is ridiculous, that I didn't hold that right, that wasn't quite right, but you still keep on, you still keep on trucking, just, just so you can, like, potentially you could, you could top out on the thing, you know. Well, like, I'm not getting older, Matt. 
Well, we all are, Jakey B, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. You have to seize the moment. And uh, we're pretty lucky up here because we can go, we can go, oh, I'll go back and I can try it next weekend and stuff. But there's so many routes I want to try over there and over there. Like, yeah. You actually yeah. have to remind yourself that, yeah, you've kind of got to seize the moment, essentially. Yeah. What, 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 so once you've tied in, basically, yeah. you're, you know, you're giving it a red hot goal. And I know some days you just, it's not there, but. Yeah. But like I mean, in that that classic that that footage that we just witnessed, you know, you're pumped at the top, like out of your head, but you just you know, cool as a cucumber. You know, the elbows came up, but you, you hung in there and you, and you set the thing, and, and that just I suppose that that comes from that, doesn't it? You don't feel comfortable. Yeah, and I think from um, probably experience as well. Like I've done a few, like always been a bit of a base builder, so I've like built a base of hard roots and not gone out too far, really from what I'm capable of and then having the ability like, well, I've done hard routes before and I just believe that I can do it. And so you kind of back yourself and that's it. That was a good example of that, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, it looked like yeah, you had confidence in the top. I mean, uh, uh, if you, if, for example, if you're Justin Clark, you'd have, you'd have, you'd have probably fallen off because he gets, <laughs> as soon as he gets pumped, he goes, oh, I can't climb anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. people know who Justin Clark is, man. Oh, that's right. Yeah. First Super Week. <laughs> he did, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. And I remember old Justin every time he was throwing um, Cheese Monster, and, he, and he'd warm up on Silver Hand, which was seventeen, in his in his running shoes, and then he then he'd go down and try Cheese Monster, and he'd um, he'd get to the very top almost, and every time he'd fall off because he said he was pumped. <laughs> yeah, so it was an entertaining weekend with Justin. Yeah, no, good good lad for sure. Uh, 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 cousin of Robbie LeBreton, I think. Is that? I might be wrong there. I know they're related. <laughs> in some oh, that's, is that the rumor for the? No, week no, or? that's legit. We <laughs> normally have something that we just totally get wrong and just release into the world. <laughs> we haven't been no. sued yet, so it's all no, good. cool. Hi, I'm Aaron, co-founder here at Scratch Labs, the world's first active nourishment company. What does that mean? Nobody knows. Something the marketing department came up with right before we fired them. Here at Scratch Labs, we make a great tasting, all-natural sports drink that has fewer calories, more electrolytes, and absolutely no artificial anything. Big deal, right? It's a huge deal. Some people think so. Does your sports drink really need things like blue number one, red number 40, and brominated vegetable oil? Dude, that's a fire retardant. I'll get it. Here at Scratch Labs, we only use ingredients you've actually heard of and can pronounce. Hey, Sugar Bear. For instance, care to guess what's in our lemon-lime flavor? Yeah, lemons and limes. We've got four flavors now, but we're always working on new ones. Now they taste like snuggies. Of course they do, sweetheart. Of course they do. We call our newest flavor pineapples. Is that because we use a bunch of chemicals that taste like pineapples? No. It's because we use, yeah actual f pineapples. Look, don't overcomplicate things. Scratch Labs makes a sports drink that has everything you need and nothing you don't. We're not exactly doing rocket science, people. Okay, we're doing a little bit of rocket science. So stop using an artificially colored, artificially flavored, chock full of preservative sports drink and start using an all natural one that actually works and doesn't taste like crap. We are Scratch Labs and that's the end of our commercial. Okay, that's the end of our commercial. 
Thanks there from scratch. Uh, uh, another sponsor of the uh, High Friction Max Traction uh, podcast. So still wrapping up before the whirlwind all bit pear shape in 2020, Jakey B. You went down to Tassie with a good mate and and, and you did um, some pretty extreme climbing there on Frenchman's Cap. Can you can you tell us about that little journey into the wilderness? Um, yeah, like uh, I suppose it's always been in my mind to go to Frenchman's with someone that is a very good climber. Um, oh, Lee's pretty good, isn't he? Is it? So I ended up kind of teeing up a week with Lee, which was cool. Um, and then I, I think it, like the whole idea like escalated because uh, Simon Bischoff is a Tasmanian client, but he brought out a uh, book. Yeah, I've seen that. That's... Stories about Frenchmen's yep. and there was an interview with me which referenced Frenchman's cap. And so I was like, oh, I've got to get this done, this idea. And so, yeah, Lee and I had a dream trip. We we've, we got awesome weather. We I think I picked him up at the airport. We drove all night. We had a coffee at the car at two or three o'clock in the morning and walked all day, all night day. And then the next day we did the route, which we'd kind of planned to do, which was um, like a dream kind of route, ground up, on-site, new route, no falls. Um, and it was about grade 26. So it was like really pure, no bolts. Um, and then, yeah, we had a few more days of just doing some of the other classics, like the Gold's Nose Direct. and um, Yeah, but just to put like a first ascent up on that wall in that style was like, Kind of you read about it, and it was um, cool that we pulled it off. Yeah, cool. and we and haven't you... even written it up yet. We've kind of. Oh, you... <laughs> that's not like uh, you guys have to do yeah, that. I, 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 it's on my list. Oh, right. <laughs> and, and you got you got benighted on the route, is that right? You had to sort of like bivy on a on a ledge. Is this, is this uh, close? Rock? Yeah, close. close. All right. Um, yeah, the last two pictures was the dark and the waterfalls and all that kind of stuff. But true adventure. Um, Sounds great. <laughs> and uh, yeah, to like to Lee's credit, I, I backed off a pitch. Like I wasn't going to do it, and with a few pitches, I probably wouldn't have led personally. Um, but I was fortunate enough to go with him, and yeah, um, hopefully other people can ex experience his ability um, because it's yeah, yeah. I know. Um, uh, yeah, you, you hear all Lee's um, Lee's on-site, you know. Um, Proud, I know how solid he is on on, oh. on that side of climbing. He says and, he's calculated, but I call bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think it's um, I think what's uh, that the with the, the little movie of the guys in the gorge and he discovers a bolt that's broken. And oh, I think Ben exactly. Ben sort of sums it up pretty well in that little <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What is he? Just like really calm, obviously super skilled, and can just just no. get to, get on with it. Yeah, he's calculated, and I think he just can um, manage the the fear quite well and climb to his ability in those situations, which not really many people can. And, yeah, grade 26 on-site, kind of R-rated trad climbing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, and no one's coming to get you a Frenchman's cap. No, so. no. How far are you away from the road? You're about 20k, you know, yeah? From, yeah 20k, but just the logistics of a rescue. Like, you know, we didn't have ethers. We didn't, you don't think about a rescue. Like, it's just not on the path. You got to do it. Yeah. It's, it's not like as much as like climbing Yosemite, it's, it's still hard. And 
you've got choppers there and rescue crews that can come and pick you off the wall if you know if something happens whereas frenchmen's yeah you are on your own i think that's classic tasmanian adventure though isn't it like you know be it climbing be it running be it anything you know that's the beauty of of, of tasmania it's so close but so far yeah, yeah. In, and it has that remoteness and yeah no no you know they have a, uh, a kind of a rescue team which is actually quite skilled but there's only yeah there's there's good areas to be rescued and bad yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no and um yeah there's it, yeah frenchman's is pretty remote so yeah no that's cool we could cool. just have those those days that are like that that, that, that one's in the memory forever so yeah yeah, yeah no, that, that's awesome yeah, that always brings me back to, yeah, I have an adventure side, which, yeah, I think I'll do a bit this year. But, yeah. Oh, cool. And, and you've, you've done a little bit down the Tyndall Ranges. I mean, that looks pretty cool. That looks fantastic. It's a conglomerate in that, you know, that area of Tasmania. And, and oh, man, that, I mean, I, climbing on conglomerate is, 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 is you know, is, is awesome, but it can be a bit mind-blowing because you just look at a wall and you're going, I can't see the route, you know, like you, you basically follow, you know, you're tiptoeing your way up like really small features. There's no cracks and things to follow. So, no, you've done some cool stuff there. So that was before, when was that? You did, went down to Frenchman's, Jay, was that 2019? Yeah, pre-COVID. Pre-COVID? Yeah. So when COVID hit, what happened up there in the Blueys? You, you just hit the wood, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> just a good excuse to fingerboard. Yeah, cool. <laughs> We'll, we'll run the uh, we'll run this little cool video of uh, Jakey B uh, training on wood. This is Fig, number one training partner. It's been pretty hard motivation-wise, but quarantine goals, being able to do a one-armer while holding Fig. I mean, <laughs> it's still a challenge. She's a she's a big girl. Oh man. About 15 kgs, <laughs> but uh, still a work in progress. Let's just put it that way. Sample coffee, always can't go anywhere without it. You read any book, and they said not to have caffeine after three o'clock, but when you got to train, you got to train. I fucking love this part of playing a record. <laughs> got a couple of hangboards, beastmakers, got some edges as well, and I've got a system board. That's it. Keeping a pretty, pretty tight ship around here. We're not as perfect as the Cossies around this neck of the woods. Um, when I'm feeling good, I really like to do project hangs. This guy, one arm, chiselled up. A lot of the climbing in the Blue Mountains is crimpers and so actually holding these, they're like six mils and, but they're rounded off and they're <laughs> kind of hard. Um, so I've, I just usually do like a ladder, like warm up on these, maybe hang, hang for eight seconds on these and then like kind of just come down and then alternate. So do like left hand is up on the high eight mil, one arm, so the uh, chisel. Finger. I keep it pretty pretty loose. I think fingerboarding is it's quite addictive so being um, like allowed to do it all the time is wicked. <laughs> Let's go. Ooh. So 
so this is always a hard choice of what shoes to wear, but I got these in the post the other day and I'm psyched. Frothing on the new heel. They're, uh, I mean, I dig solutions anyway, but the, um, yeah, can't wait to use those. Um, training shoe. Futuras. Oh, for the system board, there's no better. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. It's a bit dark. The raddest thing about this um, board are these copper's logs, like super wide and just do like front on up. I usually like at the moment doing some like strengthy stuff. So 35, 45 seconds on the system board, up, down, up, is about at one rep. Yeah, just super slow and controlled, but look at them. They're beautiful. Um, you know, you're just repeating that same movement um, over and over, and by the fourth rep, you are cooking. Yeah. The guy who built this um, was from New Zealand, Philip Sage, and I mean, still to this day, what he achieved was awesome. Um, he did Better Than Life, which is a really famous 32 in Centennial Glen, like third shot. And it's like unheard of. And I mean, there's a bit of like, yeah, motivation. <laughs> it's like a crowded Sydney gym. <laughs> How was COVID lockdown up there in the Blueies, JKB, and training on the wood? Um, it was all right. It was a bit rough. Like we we were had a few weeks maybe of like kind of pre-lockdown. Um, but yeah, the training was good. I managed to injure myself, which is not so good, but yeah, you get that, I think. Um, but yeah, like compared to the rest of the world, we got out of it pretty pretty good. Mm. So, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was good. Got yeah, a lot of quality training in. Um, but then I think which a lot of people are kind of working out that they might have trained really hard, but like transferring that to rock climbing is tricky. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, what did you do differently that you'll you'll keep doing now? Yeah, well. 2021 still a little bit COVID affected, but uh, you know, did, did you change something that you in your habits that you now think, yeah, that that worked, that was great. I'm going to keep doing that. Um, I th I think I realised a few things like I wasn't probably doing in the COVID because I couldn't get out on the rock a lot, and then when I came out, I actually got uh, I hurt my knee, and so I wasn't doing lots of stretching or and I work at a desk every every day, so it was more just like a, I need to do a heap more mobility stuff just habitually on a day-to-day -day basis really that's yeah. the main thing that i got yeah yeah and you think your your, your system sport training sort of 
didn't it made you strong obviously but it didn't give you that flexibility in climbing like you know you're really rigid it doesn't help with the flows no that's right <laughs> you're not really drop kneeing or twisting on a, on a, on a systems much, no. board are you yeah so yeah no i can see it's that, a good yeah. tool but it needs to be used at the right time yeah cool so obviously um you, you managed through COVID. you got there you know some good border problems as we spoke about before you did mechanical animals and then you finish off the year by going down to tasmania with caitlin and 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 i know you, you you went through a bit of a pickle there because at that time we had an outbreak here and you had to go into uh self-isolation wasn't it for 14 days down there in tasmania uh so you went a bit stir crazy but when you got out you went for a bit of a run what happened there um yeah i think during the main covid um time we realized that um well the first covid kind of lockdown in blackheath we saw that the overland track in Tasmania had um, cheap tickets, 100% refundable. So I talked to a few locals and we got like six or seven tickets. And so um, anyway, went to Tassie just before Christmas, got into quarantine. And so we missed the initial um, date. And so Caitlin and I had to do it when we got out of quarantine, but yeah, 65 Ks of running um and you call the boat for someone that doesn't run <laughs> yeah that's uh, not bad off the couch it's <laughs> pretty pretty hard um yeah, yeah. I was, we spoke to matt last week and he, he he won the race and i know i spoke to you jake and his uh his smoking time was uh not that was bad that was yeah, bloody really good. quick yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah i've always wanted to run it uh kate i've walked it a couple of times and yep. caitlin uh had never been on it and so um All right. yeah it was awesome it was, it was awesome. cool. It was cool to, to do it together, I guess, and yeah. and, and and fueled by uh, scratch. I did notice there. Yeah, <laughs> and some chomps, yeah. And yeah, that beautiful chomp. That nice. Those shoes. Oh, they're too good. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and you didn't go Mount Ossa, but I believe you sandbagged one of your good friends down there to do Ossa. Yeah, he's a runner, so it's okay. Oh, it's okay. All right. He can't do a chin up, but he. It's all right. But he can run. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I know for for Aaron there, um, Jake convinced one of his mates that he was going to do Ossa, and and oh, you got to do Ossa, you got to do Ossa, and um, yeah, and Bizzo when he did Ossa, and he just caught the boat, I believe, wasn't he? He had to do like <laughs> three minute Ks on the last ten Ks to get the boat in time. So that's a bit of a good good uh, joke there for uh, for Jake. But a beautiful track and like from a running point of view, I think if I was into running and I lived in Tassie, I'd be um, keen to put in some time to prep, like train on it and yeah. And, and do the race, is that what you'd- Yeah, I'd do the race, I'd just get a good time on it really. But yeah, just the FKT, yeah. The, the problem with that is I'm not a runner. <laughs> We're not bad. Sorry, you do, you do yeah. pretty well when you pretend to be. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I read Matt Crean's uh, blog for Bogong Equipment and that's what he did. He hiked it and then was like, he reckons he was like, oh man, these guys are crazy. They can, you know, people who run this in a day. And then he was back a few years later, just just ran it just to just to experience it. Then he kind of said, oh well now I may as well try to run it fast. So uh gets in your blood. Caitlin might be there in uh 2022. Yeah, maybe. Well it, it, um yeah there's lots of other ones to do there I think which I think Caitlin is pretty psyched. I mean, if I do any more runs, it'd be more of those adventure ones. Like there's a few, like there's the Western Arthurs or there's the South Coast track where you fly in and then you run out. Oh, um, you, you do the, okay. 
no, yeah, no, it's a fa fast packing type sort of yeah, overnight stays. Yeah, it's kind of in a push, I think, but uh, after that one, uh, I need a few years off. <laughs> <laughs> so we won't sign you up for a uh, glow worm just yet. <laughs> uh, happy, to, happy to support. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, good race coming up in uh, June, I believe, there. And, uh, and, and obviously, UTA will be there as well. So you'll be on the sideline cheering away, Jake. Is Caitlin up for that one? 20, UTA 22, she's up for. Lovely. Yeah. Very good. Mm. Working Pick on well. speed, you know? Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, they're all difficult, those, those short ones. I reckon the 100's the easiest out of the whole lot. Now, Jakey B, before we, we talk more climbing and we'll wrap up the show with one of your special ascents. Uh, 1984 was when little Jakey B came into the world down there in Taswesia. Oh, yeah, you were born in Tas Tasmania. And so what actually happened in that year, it's not a book as we, we probably... I don't know if you've read it at school. I read it at school. I'm sure Aaron read it at school by George Orwell. Uh, it was all double speak and, and it was a bit, bit dark. The, the book of uh, George Orwell's 1984. <laughs> On the climbing side, Tim McCartney Snape and uh, Greg Mordor were the first Australians to climb Mount Everest. Um, and they did it on a new route called uh, White Limbo on the North Face uh, and no supplement oxygen. So there you go. That was pretty cool. And uh, those two guys actually got to the top, whereas um, uh, Lincoln Hall actually, unfortunately, had to stop uh, before he got to the top. And also Andrew Henderson, they had to turn back. So it was a four-man team um, back in 1994. Okay, and yeah. it's the classic pictures you see. I think, I, I'm not quite sure who it is, if it's either Tim or Greg on the summer in their red down suit and then, you know, got the flag out. It's real classic, so it's the iconic uh, mountaineering pictures of Australians. In the rock climbing world, what was the hardest route in the world back then, Jakey, when you were born? Do you know? Well, you might have even tried this one, believe it or not. Is it in the uh, south of France? Oh, well, it could be. But the one I've got on my records here was in the Franken Europe. It's uh, is it Canal in Umrunken. It's, um, it's uh, the first 8B in, in the Franken Europe in history. Is by it Ghetto uh, Blaster? No, no, it's just, it's it's called Canal in Rukin. It's um, uh, it's 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 just off vertical. It's got razor blades. Um, and left hand variant uh, did it when I was there. And for people that don't know, left hand variant, he's one of the boys behind Beastmaker. So it was pretty impressive to watch him climb. Um, first seven uh, C plus on site in the world was done in 1984, according to Wikipedia, by Jerry Moffat. And it Bird was on the Bird on Gore. Very good. Oh, good. Paul Clark. Um, now, I, I, I mentioned uh, Fontainebleau earlier in the piece. What was done in 1984 in Fontainebleau? Fred Nicole, probably? No, no, I think a bit more local. Jackie Godoff. Sata Dumas. First day day in the forest. There you go. Sorry for my French pronunciation. <laughs> there. Kim Carrigan climbed Masada in 1984, considered uh, one of the first 30s, I think, in the country, but now it's been downgraded. There's probably some cheeky knee bar in there. Uh, it's down at 29. Uh, and the Grampians actually was a dedicated a national park in 1984. So that, that's pretty cool. 
Uh, there's a whole bunch of other sort of stuff. The Olympics were on in LA, um, and obviously the Soviets decided not to go to that one. Uh, but this is pretty. This is I never knew this, but this was the first uh, Olympic Games that women run the marathon, and we're actually we're introduced into road cycling. So that that that's you know when you think about it, that's that's come a long way. Yeah. Uh, some bad things from the Olympics, synchronised swimming and rhythmic gymnastics was introduced. Don't want to offend anyone about that. But... Yeah, that's it. You've just... No, no, no synchronised swimmers are buying scratch now. <laughs> and, uh, and windsurfing was introduced as well. Sean Kelly won the Paris-Roubaix back then. That was pretty cool. Vegemite was the first product scanned in a supermarket in Australia on a barcode system. Perfect Match was launched. There you go. Very good. Excellent. And believe it or not, the last person that was um, sentenced to death penalty in WA was in 1984. So, but that they were um, commuted to life imprisonment, so the death penalty actually didn't occur. That's that's definitely more than three. Matt said, "Can't with like three things." I had. Oh, uh, 1984 was a bonanza. bonanza. Carl Lewis won four gold medals at the LA Olympics. I had um, uh, Red Sails and the Sunset. By Midnight All, one of my all-time favourite albums, and um, and lastly, the Terminator is released. <laughs> so, um, as always, showing my age. <laughs> I don't think I watched it in nineteen eighty-four, but you know, still going, still love that movie. Apparently, the number one song was "When Dubs Cry" by Prince. There you go. So, uh, no, God bless. He's not with us anymore. And uh, we made uh, you feel young or old, James. I'm just impressed by Matt's research. Oh, no, it's That's French. Had a job. Yeah, well, I do. Yeah, we're talking about. And, and you share a birthday year with uh, Sam Stozer. There you go. Saw her in action last week out of the tennis courts. Uh, and Delta Goodrum. There you go. Not a, not a bad singer. And, and a fellow Tasmanian who. Don't know if I give you. Oh. Tim Payne. Actually, pretty close to your birthday, actually. 8th of December, he's uh, born, Tim Payne. So there you go. Pretty cool. Cool, Jack. Well, that wraps up 1984. What a bonanza of a year. Such a special year that was. uh, I think I was a wee lad somewhere in Adelaide at the time, remembering all these movies like um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom came out. Want to wrap it up, though. What was it in 2019... You went to Spain. You did a bit of training for the Olympics. That all went a bit pear-shaped. We won't go into that on this podcast. But you went there and you did, is it Para Negra in uh, Rodea? Is this correct? Rodea. Rodea. Pretty special route for you. I know um, we've got an awesome little video from Rumbler to to run at the end end of the podcast so you guys can experience that all together. But... What an experience. What a trip there, Jake. It must have been fun. You've got a bunch of cool friends hanging yeah, out in the, one of the best crags in the world. Yeah, that was awesome. And I think at the time, we are like, ah. yeah, we were all keen to get home and stuff. But like after the COVID, obviously, you're like, oh, those travel trips where you're just with a bunch of mates, sharing beta, climbing till the, till the moon comes up, smashing beers and doing it all again. And then, you know, you have a hard project and you send it towards the end of the trip. It was good. Yeah, yeah, no, they, yeah. I mean, they're the, they're the trips you always remember, aren't they? You know, yeah. you wake up in the morning, you feel sore, yeah. but you you just you, you just run into that crag to send that. To send yeah, it was routes, it was yeah. a good one, and uh, hopefully we can, well, you know, 
the world gets back to those kind of days. And um, yeah, that was a good one, good trip. Uh, no, it's, I think it was five or six weeks with uh, Brecken, who's the guy behind Rumbler. Um, that was good. Yeah, it's good. He climbed really well, crashed his drone, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, as you do when you're on there. <laughs> no, it's cool. Time. Awesome footage from from uh, from Brecken, and he's he's always with the camera, and 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 I think he's just captured the story, and 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 obviously it's on our YouTube channel, the is it the five part story, but you you sum it up there, Jakey, with uh, your your sen of of this uh, classic uh, para negra. Was it a bit risky? Did you, you invested a lot of time in it? Was it was it gonna happen? Were you a bit worried it wasn't gonna happen? I sort of got that feeling when watching the video. You were a bit concerned at one point. Yeah, you're always a little bit on it. <laughs> you know, if you, yeah, after a certain time, yeah, it's good to get out of your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think that was your uh, dilemma, wasn't it? Whether to, you know, just climb lots of great climbs or, or you know, yeah. bend that. So, uh, no, it was no good. Regrets now. Uh, before going over to that trip, I was a bit unsure. And then um, I think I'd come off at a good now season and, um yeah. yeah it's good yeah strong yeah hey you've been there before before the trip actually is this your first time there or uh i went there in 2007 okay so you sampled the rock you knew, you knew what it was about first 8 day pluses in that same cave right. um, which is 30 um yeah no it's good good i don't know if i'd go back there but i'd like to go to a few other areas in spain but um yeah it was definitely good well, fingers crossed, and if the world doesn't go to a hell in a handbag uh, this year, we, we can be back there in 2022 or in 2023. Yeah. That'd be cool. I'll, I'll hold your ropes if, if we can, oh. Jake. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, cool. Jake, thanks very much for joining us on the show today. It's been great. Um, always uh, great to talk, great to hear your inspiration and your enthusiasm for for the, uh, the um, you know, running Climbing, skydiving, just anything that you do, you, you, you sort of embrace it and you, and you take it to the next level. It's, it's fantastic. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, cool. Thanks, Jake. Looking forward to catching up with you uh, yeah, somewhere this year with, uh, you know, for a coffee and a fine. Totally. That, that's if you Victorians are allowed to travel. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jackie B. All right. Thanks, Good, for All right. See you later. Thanks, guys. See ya. I went to Spain with the idea of trying something hard. I wasn't really interested in just doing more volume. I, I really wanted to see where my level was at and I was psyched. The routes that like, stick out to me all over the world are the ones which have history and take an impressive line. For me, that was Petanegra. Petanegra itself starts on the right side of this arch and goes all the way up. It's steep for a long, long time. Yeah, 35 meters of like continuous and it's super resistancy. Um, but it, there's three moves up the top, which I mean, are quite hard after doing all that other climbing.
Day six on Petanegra. We still have like three kind of crucial holds are a bit wet, so it's a bit of a gamble because uh, there's so many other cool routes I want to do. Um, yeah. Like a rock climbing. Yeah, with three days left of the holiday um, fatigue kicking in, I think I've been on the road for like five, six weeks and still have my drawers hanging. Uh, positivity was low, but uh, I just had to kind of keep tricking my myself and <laughs> trying to think of ways to stay positive because, yeah, it definitely was negative mindset. Good, Jay. Come on, Jake! Come on, Jake! 
the move up on the top head wall, you know, it's it's hard and I think it fell there five, six times. But like the time when I did the route, the endurance was just there and it's quite often the way from what feels impossible at the time to becomes almost easy and I think that is just the nature of climbing. Like you just get the fitness and you do it but like the the process is so rewarding and I think that in itself is like that's part of climbing. Those those moments leading up to that is kind of the the thing that I got most out of this this climb and would I do it again? 100% I'll do that again because I get the most out of climbing if I challenge myself and I think that's what I've tried to do.